It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. It is November 10th. Happy birthday, U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast, listening to the show. It's made possible by patrons such as Robin, Andy, John, Billy, Brent, Lou, Grant, Ashley, Sarah, and Barry, and Sarah. So thanks so much for the support. I couldn't do it without you guys. You can go to thepetecalendarshow.com. You can see the link that's up there. Patrons get exclusive content. Uh, we do live streams every week. It's a lot of fun. Kind of, uh, we call it the live stream of consciousness because we we kind of go off the rails regularly. So if you want to participate in that uh, in that every Thursday night, come on aboard. Uh, all right. Also, uh, speaking of coming on aboard, uh, Mattress Man, they got on board the podcast from the very beginning. Chuck, the owner of Mattress Man, uh, great guy, great business, great heart. Uh, talk about. Um, uh, looking out for community members. He donates mattresses to all sorts of charities. When a local uh, you know, shelter needed beds, he helped them. Uh, he seeks out to employ veterans uh, because he, it, it's like he thinks it's the least he can do is give veterans a, a place to work, a good career. Uh, and so he does that. Oh, also, speaking of veterans, by the way, if you serve, if you have served, if you are a military family, Ask about the military discount at Mattress Man. Mattressmanstores.com. They have four locations uh, in Asheville and Arden and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide. They have local five-star delivery service. I can tell you personally, I had a mattress delivered years ago. Uh, easy setup. They came in. They were professional. They set it up and were in and out in like 10 minutes. It was it was fantastic. And we got a great mattress out of the deal, too. So they also have the triple zero deal going on. Uh, this is zero down, zero interest for 24 months, zero payments for 90 days. They've got tons of mattresses in stock. A lot of the big companies, uh, they can't get inventory for like six to eight weeks. So if you want a bed before Christmas, uh, get on over to Mattress Man. Oh, also, they have a bed-in-a-box mattress. These things start at 189 bucks. So do you have family coming in from out of town? Don't know where to put them up? Get this bed-in-a-box mattress at $189. Um, it's a quick and easy way to do it. You can throw it in the back of the truck or they can deliver it. Uh, again, ask about the bed-in-a-box deal going on at Mattress Man Stores. Dot com and Mattress Man locations. They have a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So uh, I've been compiling a number of uh, pieces and responses and reactions all along a similar theme. <clears throat> and that theme is unity, healing. Is it even possible in America now, in this uh, current era? Um, and I am, I've been concerned about this for a long time. I've stated it over the course of years. What is it that binds Americans together? What is the thing that makes us all Americans? And when you start asking that question, you get a lot of different answers. And that's always been kind of concerning to me because if there's something that binds us together, shouldn't it by definition be the answer that everybody has? Right. Why do you get so many different answers? And maybe that's, you know, sort of I know I'm going like uh, into like multidimensional 
uh, <laughs> logical thinking here uh, or abstract thinking, maybe, uh, which is uh, maybe the the variety of res- of responses. It's that's what binds us all together. Right. Maybe that's the thing. I'm look, I'm not sold on that line of thinking, but maybe that's it. I've just been growing concerned for a very long time that what I thought used to be principles that united us no longer do so. We don't even have a shared understanding of what this whole experiment is supposed to be about. We're just Americans by birth and yay, America, and that's it. Is that really all there is to it? That seems kind of weak. I don't know if those are bonds that can, uh, you know, sustain the test of time. Do you? And so watching all of this stuff go on with the election, and this has been going on for the last five years, ever since Trump came on the scene. Well, I shouldn't say that because Trump is a symptom. He's not the cause. This stuff, like when you've been in talk radio for as long as I have, uh, you you've been called all of these names that now regular people are being called with regularity. Um I remember when I, I mean, just going to work at a conservative talk station, news talk station, even when I was just a reporter, um, people looked at me and uh, treated me in certain ways. And then you start doing the talk shows and then they start accusing you of all of the isms that now everybody seems to be accusing uh, the right of being. And uh, they're not true. It's unfair. uh, It's demagogic, but they don't care. And, and they never have, by the way. They never have cared whether these things are true. They use them as weapons to shut down disagreement or discourse that they don't like. So uh, that's why it was really comical with this rise of the Antifa LARPers. These people who think that Donald Trump is this fascist and, you know, he's implementing literal tyranny, which is absurd because if it was literal tyranny, you guys wouldn't have been voting. Okay, y'all wouldn't have been voting. You wouldn't have been free to burn stuff down. You wouldn't have been free to commit vandalism and such. The fact that you were able to do all of those things indicates, no, we're not living in a fascist, tyrannical state. Okay, now some of your behavior is concerning along these lines as well. If we are to be on the lookout, because by the way, in case you don't know, like Antifa, the way they justify their violence towards people and the targeting of people is because they are of the belief in their own moral superiority and that when they cast you as the fascist uh the premise is that had anti-fascists behaved more violently earlier throughout history they would have averted a lot of the worst transgressions of actual fascists like Mussolini for example so the idea is once they identify you as a fascist now they can do whatever they need to do to take you out sort of like the minority report you ever see the movie with Tom Cruise the minority report pre-crime yeah so they know you're t- you're a tyrant they know you're fascist because they called you these things and so once they've de- made that determination Now they are free to do whatever is necessary to keep you from becoming full-blown tyrannical fascist leader, right? Um, And you can obviously see the problem with this (laughs) pre-crime mindset where, uh, yeah, I'm going to call somebody a bad word and now I get to do anything I want to prevent them from doing the thing that I predict they're going to do. Okay, so this is sort of at the heart of a lot of their thinking. And this thinking is now permeating the entire political party of the Democratic Party. This this line of thinking, this preemption. Okay, think of it like the Bush doctrine, if you will. Right. For a party that was so opposed 
to, to the Bush doctrine during the Iraq war. Um, they certainly have adopted its, its principle. Anyway, this is fascism that they are displaying. And so by their definition, I guess I should be free to do whatever I need to do to prevent them from taking power. Right. So when everybody is viewing each other as the fascist, then uh, I guess we can do anything we want. And that is the course to utter societal destruction. So I look at a lot of their stuff as hysterical lunacy at this point. And I'm sorry if that offends some people. I'm not trying to be offensive, but a lot of this is hysterical lunacy. Okay, the self-described resistance has a message for half of the American population right now as it appears more and more likely that, you know, Joe Biden is going to be the next president. And by the way, uh, he's got one of those names. Have you noticed that you got to say it all at once? Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. It's weird. Anyway, um, this is now their message that we won. So now it's time to heal. And by heal, we mean you have to submit to our demands because we won, you fascist, racist bigots. Okay, that's the message. We won, so now it's time to heal. This is, remember, these are people that labeled themselves as the resistance, right? So dangerous was Donald Trump that they adopted this, I call it LARPer, which if you're not aware, that's live action role players. These are the people that, you know, dress up like wizards and go down to the public park and engage in, you know, spell casting and Dungeons and Dragons live action role playing. <clears throat> so... Uh, these folks, they dubbed themselves the resistance, and they made it their mission for four years to oust the president and to undermine his ability to govern. And for folks in North Carolina, we're very aware of this. This was the Moral Monday folks as well. Moral Monday protesters did the very same thing. They had the Blueprint NC uh, operational plan that was drawn up by this array of leftist groups. And their focus was, uh, remember, the famous agitate, litigate, cogitate, eviscerate. Yeah, they had a whole string of these words. Uh, and that's the plan, is uh, to make themselves such a thorn in the side and to cause as much havoc and chaos that the opposition cannot get anything done. This has been their standard course of action for the last decade. In North Carolina, this has been the norm. OK, so now that they won the presidency, now it's time to heal, which they don't even realize embedded in this assertion, just the hubris and the, the, the superiority complex that leads one to believe that the only way we can heal is for them to be in power over you. Right. That's the key. They've got the power. So now we heal. And by heal, we mean shut up, just shut up and do what we say. And everybody will be okay because we're not the fascists and they don't recognize the the irony of that position either. So these self-promoting uh, fascist fighting LARPers see no irony. They see no hypocrisy in the fact that all over the country stores were boarded up before the election. Why? To protect themselves from these fascist defeaters, Right. The people who supposedly were all against the fascism, they were the ones that were saying, if our preferred candidate loses, we're going to burn stuff down. We're going to riot. But whew, thank goodness, our preferred candidate won. So now you're safe from the fascists, of course. Right. That's the key here. So um, 
now they are emboldened by the apparent victory of Kamala Harris as president. I'm sorry. I mean, Joe Biden as president, um, the one that Harris called a racist. Uh, anyway, so now the resistance is going to show you how to do fascism. And if you don't believe me, just watch. Trump was a rookie on this tyranny thing because he wasn't somebody who, you know, swam in the waters of big government. He is one of the one of the uh, beefs I had against him was that he wasn't a movement conservative, right? He didn't know the ideology. And so when he was presented with opportunities to explain a position, he failed miserably because he wasn't steeped in the kind of politics that I think is required of somebody who's going to engage in political leadership, particularly at the highest level. So um, this idea that he, you know, that, that, that he was a, a tyrant and a fascist, it always kind of fell apart for me, at least, because he really didn't have any experience controlling all the levers of government. Maybe if he were better at it <laughs> or had more experience, I should say, he'd be better at it. Um, and then then maybe he would have, I don't know, he may have gone down that path. But here's the problem. You've got Biden and Harris, and they are adept at this. They do understand the levers of power, right? For example, like, did Donald Trump try to blacklist every leftist in America who donated money to Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden? No. Yet, that's exactly what we're now seeing from the left. Being the Antifa party, like the Democrats now, it means you create lists of undesirables and political opponents so they can be destroyed for disagreeing with you and your big government and your race-based identity politics. Okay, like that's what being the Antifa party means. Here is the former uh, national surrogates director for Pete Buttigieg, who is probably going to end up in an administration position. Um, Emily Abrams is her name. Again, this is somebody from the Pete Buttigieg campaign. She organized the surrogates. So anybody that needed to go out and talk on behalf of the campaign, like she organized those people. So she has some some clout here. Emily Abrams. She says, quote, we're launching the Trump Accountability Project, or the TAP, I guess you would call it, um, to make sure anyone who took a paycheck to help Trump undermine America is held responsible for what they did. She then made her account private after she started getting pushback on that. But this is an interesting window into the mindset. Uh, you hear this a lot from people on the left because they are so certain in their moral superiority even though they're blind to their own failings and inferiority on so many, so many uh, positions. Um, the idea that Trump is undermining America, that Trump is destroying democracy. Okay, if Trump had done those things, then you would not have voted. He would have stolen the election or even called it all off to begin with, right? And now, and I know the left is like, he still could. He might still be trying to do something like that. Well, we shall see. And if he does, I will oppose any such effort. But right now, it's all predictive. This is the problem, I think, with this. Um, this is the connection with media here is that you've got media that all they do is speculate and predict. Used to be media would tell you what happened. Now they now they try to tell you what's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see. Right. So they make these speculative pronouncements. And now everybody is thinking in these terms of what might happen, what might happen. Well, 
How about we just figure out what did happen? Like the election, for example. How about we figure out what happened in the election? We have all of these uh, now affidavits have been sworn out. That's actual evidence, by the way, for people who are like, there's no evidence. There are affidavits. So there is now evidence that is sworn out about um, election fraud. And so let's see where that goes. Donald Trump and the campaign, they have every right to utilize all aspects of our system as it is constructed right now, uh, to legally make their case. And if it turns out they cannot make their case or prove their case, then Joe Biden will be sworn in as the president, and that's the way it shakes out. Um, But this idea that they are morally superior simply because they claim to be, and then, to boot, the evidence they cite is all speculative in nature, it's lunacy. I mean, like, I don't I have no other word for it. It is insanity. It is. I think this thing is going to happen. Therefore, you're crazy. That's what they're saying. I think this is going to happen. And so I think you're crazy or you're a racist or you're a bigot or you're a tyrant. Right. You're a despot because I think you would do this, even though you haven't done it. Just them thinking you would do it. That's what's called paranoia to some degree. Right. This is hysterical lunacy that has gripped like almost half of America, probably more than that, because there's a good dose of it on the right as well, by the way. The post-millennium reports that the link to this Trump accountability project circulated on Twitter after the squad member, uh, New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, asked, is anyone archiving these sycophants, these Trump sycophants, for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee a decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, photos in the future. You see this? It's all speculative. Is anybody doing anything? Keep a track of this stuff? Because I think they're going to do this thing. And so Michael Simon, an ex-Obama administration staffer, said, yes, we are. And he vowed to expose every administration staffer, campaign staffer, bundler, lawyer who represented them. Everyone. Well, okay, what about voters? Maybe, Maybe we should identify voters. They're constructing a map right now. Yeah, they're putting out a map of all the donors. So, um... Yeah, we'll get to that as well. By the way, you need to get over to Old Grouch's military surplus. If you are, are a hunter, you work outside, uh, you need some warm clothing for the winter, he's got you covered at Old Grouch's military surplus. Everything you need for winter from wool sweaters and military field jackets, thermal underwear, woolen fleece toboggans, socks, Gore-Tex jackets. Uh, also, school kids uh, need a backpack. How about get a uh, a real military-grade backpack? It's going to last you a lot longer than the cheap ones from the big box stores. Also, they're cooler. They're just way cooler. Uh, real U.S. military surplus for more than three decades. Old Grouch's military surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Uh, the shop is open Monday through Saturday, and it's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Um, or you can check them out online all day, any day at oldgrouch.com. So Dean Preston, then, is a supervisor, city councilman from San Francisco, and he said uh, on Twitter, Joe Biden should announce no GOP leader will be part of his administration. Continuing to be a registered Republican during the last four years must be disqualifying. 
So, so think about that. So, so Dean Preston, this is what happens, by the way. You get the the race to be, you know, more of a zealot, more of a true believer. When you're in your echo chamber and someone says something stupid, you don't know it's stupid because everybody in the echo chamber is like, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. And so then you start, you know, amping it up. Okay, well, I'm going to go even further than that. I'm going to go even further than that. And that's what happens and you end up with a Todd Aiken who says the thing about the legitimate rape during the Missouri U.S. Senate race, right? That's how that happens. You say stuff that's stupid, really, really stupid, because nobody in your echo chamber tells you, hey, you know what? That's kind of stupid. So here is, and this is actually also uh, dangerous, that you have a San Francisco city council member saying that simply being registered as a Republican over the last four years should be disqualifying, should be disqualifying. He says the GOP is the party of white nationalism and deserves no seat at the table. Don't normalize the GOP. This, so think about what he's saying here. A party and a, and a candidate that attracted record minority support in this last election is the party of white nationalism. Does that sound insane to you? It should because it is it is insanity again these people have a belief in their head something that is unproven and in to some degree is largely unknowable and they then say we must put you out of society because of what i think about you jennifer rubin who at one time i'm old enough to remember was a quote conservative writer at the washington post now she's gone full leftist full woke leftist yet they still refer to her as a conservative uh, op-ed contributor i don't understand why um she says any republican now promoting rejection of an election or calling to not to follow the will of voters or making baseless allegations of fraud should never serve in office join a corporate board find a faculty position or be accepted into polite society we have a list she says indeed here about how about this one uh wajahat ali he is a contributing op-ed writer for the new york times quote you can't heal or reform the gop who are now an extremist party they have to be broken burned down and rebuilt i always love this advice from Uh, political opponents Uh, you know i think you're just uh, an awful evil human being and your whole party is crap but let me tell you what you need to do in order to win me over (laughs) this is oh okay let me take that advice from you this sounds like completely honest good faith advice so uh, mr ali says uh, when biden is in power treat them the gop like the active threats to democracy they are again if the Republican Party was a threat to democracy, you would not have been allowed to vote. You would not have won the election. Okay, uh, if those who committed crimes aren't punished, then they will be more emboldened. Okay, well, all right. Well, I look forward to the day when we start prosecuting every single administration. By the way, you know what happens uh, when you go down this path? Okay, I'm being facetious. I do not look forward to this day. But if this is the way this is the way it's going to go, then. What happens is every administration that uh, loses, the stakes become so high that they're now going to face criminal indictments trumped up by partisan uh, enemies that 
now you have increased the uh, the risk reward dynamic. They're now going to do things that they would probably not have done otherwise, because now it means they may be deprived of their life or liberty. It's just like the the black market for drugs, right? People eventually uh, get squeezed out by the worst actors in the marketplace because people who are willing to do worse and worse things, uh, they squeeze out the, the nicer competitors. And then when the stakes are so high, they have to do all of these terribly awful things because the risk, if they get caught, is so, you know, life ending for them. So now everything is worth it. Now you can, you know, justify whacking a whole bunch of witnesses because if you don't, then you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life or face the death penalty or something. So this is what happens. This is how you end up in a banana republic, which is a euphemism for a totalitarian state. That's where this is heading. If you guys get your way on this, that's where this heads. Now, I'm not saying people who... Uh, if they committed crimes that they should not be prosecuted. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you guys don't exactly uh, engender any trust or credibility to make those determinations because you are so hysterically crazy on some of this stuff. Then there's this fellow, Hari Sevugan, former national press secretary for the Democratic National Committee, senior spokesman for the Barack Obama presidential campaign. And here's what he said, quote, You better believe it. We just launched the Trump Accountability Project to make sure anyone who took a paycheck to help Trump undermine America is held responsible for what they did. See, embedded in all of this is a belief that they are good and you are bad. You are evil. They are morally superior, which is an interesting position from the party that says, yeah, let's kill all the babies while they're in utero. That's... Um, This from Michael Burke at TheHill.com. A majority of Democrats believe Republicans are racist, bigoted, and sexist, according to a new poll. This Axios poll published on Monday found that 61% of those who identified as Democrats responded that they think Republicans are racist, bigoted, and sexist. So 61%. 31% of Republicans said they, they feel the same way about Democrats. So it's by a two-to-one margin, 60-30. Democrats more than Republicans. Now, Democrats would tell you, well, that's because Republicans are. Additionally, the poll found that 54% of Democrats say they see Republicans as ignorant. 49% of Republicans say they think the same thing about Democrats. So that's a 54-49 split. Um, 44% of Democrats say they see the Republicans as spiteful. 54% of Republicans say the same about Democrats. So that is a 44-54 split. And gee, I wonder why Republicans would say they think that the Democrats are spiteful. Did you hear all of that stuff about the lists? Okay. Um, And then finally, this is about an even percentage, 21-23. They think each other are evil. So 21% of Democrats think Republicans are evil and 23% of Republicans think Democrats are evil. Flat out evil. This is where we are. One out of five. And, and what's what's concerning is when you have thought leaders and politicians, elected officials, when they're one of the one out of five. If they're that group and the quotes that I just gave you, that's that uh, that assessment of their political opponents. It is in 
those statements. It is the, it's the premise upon which these statements are made. The poll also found that about a third say that they would be extremely or somewhat disappointed if a close family member married somebody from the opposite political party. <laughs> and less than 5% of Democrats or Republicans say that they view members of the opposing party as fair, thoughtful, or kind. 5%. Less than 5% view their opponents as fair, thoughtful, or kind. Also, a Pew uh, Research Center survey back in September found that 80% of Biden and Trump supporters have no or few friends who believe differently than they do so or support of the other candidate, 80% of them. That is pretty amazing. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, says, hey, we should start making some lists. And of course, all of the lefties all, you know, hop to, yes, let's make lists. Because, uh, by the way, it is one thing that socialists are always very good at. I mean, everything else they're not so good at. But one thing they are very good at when it comes to, um, you know, governance is making lists of enemies and then uh, disposing of them. They do have a history of that. Um Although, is that part of the real socialism has never been tried? Excuse, the escape hatch. <laughs> uh, rarely a healthy sign in any democracy, writes Politico. The enemies list start to freak out some normally unflappable Trump officials in the White House. Here's one from um, the, most of these people gave anonymous quotes, of course. Uh, At first, I brushed it off as ridiculous. Uh, but what is scary is that she is serious. By the way, if if you're scared that your real estate agent is not serious about getting your house sold, then contact Rowena Patton. Okay, Uh, she will get your house sold quickly and for more money so fast. It's almost scary. And she is serious. Okay, she is serious about getting your house sold. She outsells 99 percent of all of the real estate agents in the entire state of North Carolina. She is the only agent that we called to buy our house. She's the only agent we would call if we're trying to sell our house. We have friends, we have listeners of the show. They have called Rowena Patton and they see for themselves the results that she gets. Um, so you can put her to work for yourself. 333-4483 is the phone number and the website is mountainhomehunt.com. That's Rowena Patton, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com and start packing. So, uh, this uh, anonymous White House person says this is a, it's terrifying that a sitting member of Congress is calling for something like these enemies lists. I believe there is a life after this in politics for Trump officials, but the idea that a sitting member of Congress wants to purge from society and ostracize us should scare the American people. It definitely should scare the American people more than it scares me. That type of rhetoric is terrifying when you have 70 million Americans who voted for this president. It might start with Trump officials, but what if they go further? Well, and why wouldn't they, right? Because of course they would. That's always what they do. They always go too far. They always overreach. They always think that they've got a blue wave coming. The people are behind us. This is one of the uh, one of the things that being... So uh, assured and certain of your moral righteousness uh, and superiority, this is one of the things it does is it blinds you to a lack of support that you actually have. 
And they, so you start, you know, you start talking in these grandiose terms of how everybody agrees with you, right? And how uh, you're going to change the world. I mean, that's, they're openly saying this stuff. Now we're going to change the world. Chuck Schumer said it. Uh, you know, first we take the Senate and then, then we change the world. This is what they believe they can do. And for so many people um, that are engaged in politics and they've abandoned all other types of uh, and I don't mean this in like a Christian kind of a way, but religiosity. I mean, he, I, I firmly believe humans need some sort of faith to anchor themselves to. And when you don't have a, uh, you know, a, a, a religious based faith, then you seek to have faith in other things. And for some people, it becomes government. And for others, it becomes, you know, climate science, for example, Gaia Earth rocks and stars and whatever there is there are things people need to be anchored uh it's just something innate about us i believe this i'm not saying you have to which i know see i'm a terrible i'm a terrible tyrant i have a belief and i'm not requiring you to share it (laughs) interviews with numerous current and former trump officials reveal that while the talk of lists and permanent cancellation bubbling up on social media is worrisome Few are taking it seriously, they say. One administration official said if there was a massive defeat and we lost the Senate and he lost in a landslide, there would be this purge both by establishment Republicans and Democrats. An employment and maybe even a legal purge against people who worked for the president. Obviously, they can't do that now. Uh, He said, I think there's a sense of relief that because the election was so close, it clearly was not a repudiation of the president. So I think that gives people a lot of comfort. Okay, so this is, I guess, a bright spot. Uh, Yes, we know they're talking about making enemies lists and, you know, trying to kick people out of society for having a different opinion. But uh, at least it was a close election, so they may not be able to do it. (laughs) Bright spot. (laughs) Omri Serin, who is a national security advisor to Ted Cruz, said this is simply third world. It'll have the same effect here when these people make it the norm. If you make transitions of power existential for outgoing officials by targeting them or their ability to make a living and provide for their kids, it becomes a matter of survival. Brett Weinstein, who is a former professor at Evergreen State College in Washington State, he was actually one of the first uh, cancel culture victims because he wrote a letter in opposition to the uh, the day of absence campus wide where minority students would just you know play hooky for a day in order to prove to the white people you know how much impact they have and his position was like this is absurd you're depriving yourself of an education you shouldn't do that um and so then they they ousted him now he uh, hosts a podcast called dark horse anyway uh he said you're an elected representative in a Democratic Republic, and you're setting the stage for retribution against fellow citizens for the crime of holding a different opinion. It's un-American. You should stop it and counsel others to do the same. Michael Graham, a talk show host up in the Boston area, uh, he said, imagine Trump supporters launching such a list featuring IRS employees, FBI employees, administration figures who spied on journalists and NSA people, etc., etc. It would be immediately declared to be fascism. How is this any different? Right? What Democrats are telling us, this is me now, what Democrats are telling us is that this is a time for healing and forgiveness, but after we crush our enemies. That's the message. And Joe Biden, I watched the speech over the weekend, and um, it's a good speech. And 
Uh, you know, Jonah Goldberg, I think, rightly pointed out that a lot of conservatives are just hearing white noise on this stuff, he says. But there are a lot of people on the Democratic left who do not want to hear Biden humanize Republicans and speak of them as fellow Americans. But if Biden didn't say the things that he said during that speech where, you know, we, we need to heal and unity and all that, um, you would probably be condemning him for it. Right. So maybe we should give him some credit. And I agree with Jonah Goldberg on that. Um, and honestly, I noticed it when he said it, when Biden was talking about that part in the speech, that the crowd was noticeably unenthusiastic when he delivered those lines. Chad Adams, talk show host down in Wilmington. He says there isn't unity just because one side of the disagreement comes out ahead. Try that with your husband or wife sometime. <laughs> so true. Right? right. You don't you, you don't beat somebody into submission and then say now's the time to heal because I won. We should really have unity now that I won. Jonah Gold, or I read Jonah, uh, Kimberly Strassel is next. She says, it's, it really is something to watch Democrats express shock that Republican voters won't just trust the ballot counting, especially because it was Democrats who set the stage for this lack of trust in the system. Remember, it was Hillary and the Democratic National Committee that co-opted the FBI to try to run out a duly elected president last time. Democrats insisted that Republicans should trust the system. The FBI would never do anything that bad. Come on, it's the FBI. I mean, how dare you? How dare you assert the FBI would do such a thing? And then, of course, all of the details come out, and they did. It was one of the dirtiest political tricks in history. And then Democrats spent months prior to Election Day working overtime to get courts and state officials to override legislatures and change the election laws. They said this was all in the name of COVID, even as it was transparently to their political benefit, all of which is why Democrats have a special obligation now to welcome recounts and legal challenges. Maybe everything worked correctly. It's on the Trump campaign to prove otherwise. But now more than ever, it's important to go through this process and make sure we got it right to reassure the public. Now, I think that the left is simply projecting on a lot of this stuff, but we'll see. The party that spent four years, you know, pushing Russian collusion, as well as the rioting and the looting and the burning down cities, you know, they're now telling me it's time to heal because they got what they wanted. Okay. Now, if you go to growershemp.com, you will get what you want when it comes to CBD products. Okay. I know there's a lot of people that have tried CBD products and they haven't been satisfied because the quality hasn't been very good or maybe costs a lot of money. You don't have to worry about that with Growers Hemp. These are North Carolina farmers and they control the whole process. Okay. They, along with their, their fellow farmers, um, they now have the manufacturing process. At growershemp.com, you can see all their products. They have the drops, so you can, you know, get the little eyedroppers. Um, but also, they've got lozenges. They've got uh, salves or balms, I guess you would call them, uh, that you could rub on uh, areas that are, you know, of particular concern. That and maybe you got like a, a friend of mine. He's um, he's a former cop, and uh, he uses it for arthritis. He's got terrible arthritis uh, throughout his uh, hands and wrists, and uh, and and he takes it for that. I take it when I go to bed, and I sleep more deeply than I ever have in my entire life. Growershemp.com. Uh, the farmers control all of the process from seed to shelf. It means better quality, and it means lower cost to you. As with all CBD products, 
GovCo requires me to say the following. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your, your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Look for the ad in Our State magazine. It's on newsstands now. Growers Hemp has a big ad there. You can also find their products on the shelves at Broad River Hemp Company in Shelby. Uh, also, obviously, on the website, growershemp.com. Use the promo code PETE for 20% off. From North Carolina farmers to your home, Growers Hemp. It's about the hemp and not the hype. So Eric Erickson is a talk show host in Atlanta. He says it is really incredible to see all of the people who have spent four years demonizing Republicans suddenly support an end to the era of demonization and a demand for unity after four years of burning down America. <laughs> and because uh, they're not serious, they just this they cloak their desire in this kind of language because they know that it would sell better than what they really want to say, which is, shut up. At the end of the day, it always comes down to the same approach. Shut upery. Always. This hasn't changed. They do not want to engage you in a, in a, in a debate of ideas. They do not want to listen to your side of a story. They do not care about whatever information you used to make your decision or form your opinion. It's just shut up. Get out of the way. We're running the show now. Uh, Tim, one of our listeners, he said the same folks that never acknowledged Trump winning in 2016, they're now asking 70 million people to come together after four days. It's a great observation, right? Four years, these folks would not accept Donald Trump as their president. Remember the resistance? Four years. But in four days, they demanded of Trump. Also, Kamala Harris, in one breath over the weekend in her speech, saying Democrats chose truth by electing Joe Biden. And then the very next breath, literally, she says he's a uniter and a healer. And I would remind you that Biden told black Americans that Mitt Romney wanted to enslave them. Okay, that's the kind of healer, uniter, truth teller Joe Biden is. Matt Vespa, he's a writer at Town Hall. He said, it's funny how all these liberals are now happy and proud to be Americans again. <laughs> right? It only happens It only happens when a Democrat occupies the White House, and these people are the ones trying to give lectures about country over party. I mean, please. By the way, there was one other thing. Didn't President Obama put Joe Biden in charge of curing cancer at some point? So, so where is he on that? Did he cure the cancer yet? I must have missed that. <laughs> My apologies. I, I follow the news pretty closely. I, I don't know why I missed it. Uh, this is actually one of the saddest parts of this uh, whole Trump era is the personal relationships that have been completely destroyed uh, by this. And I've got two pieces here I want to get to before the end of the show, uh, at least two. I've got more. I never get to it all. Uh, but there is a story in Reuters. And then there is also, I guess let me start with this because I promised her I would read it. So my wife, Christy, she does um, she does some blogging and she wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago called Destruction. And I thought she hit on some really uh, some really good themes. And uh, she says for about the last four years, I have watched friends call other friends racists 
and accuse them of violence against LGBTQ folks, among other things, because they voted for Trump for president. I am done arguing the merits of these positions. I am done arguing about a president that I did not vote for. I have never encouraged anybody to like him or to vote for him or to hate him with the blind rage that has led so many people to forget various good qualities in the people they know who voted for him. Right? This idea that uh, you've known somebody your whole life and because they voted for Trump, you now think that they're all of these terrible things that what they were just hiding all of this from you forever. But that is what they think, by the way. That is what a lot of people think. I've got more quotes from others uh, in this Reuters story. People have shown that they are willing to terminate relationships that were once deep and enduring relationships that have lasted decades and beyond for somebody who won't even be in office as long as those relationships they just killed. Right? Four years. Maximum eight. And he's gone. How long have you known your parents, your siblings, your cousins, your friends? You've known them for way longer. And simply because they disagree with you on who you're voting for for president somehow means that the last decade, two decades, your entire life, that that's all now not worth it because you disagree with them. She says, I don't understand how we're at a point where I'm not going to tell people who I voted for anymore because there's rarely any understanding anymore and that other people mistakenly think it is their prerogative to tell other people that they voted wrong. This was, I thought, a really astute observation. When did this become the norm? This, this, I don't know, this freedom that we have to say, oh, you're an idiot for voting the opposite way that I did. Oh, you voted wrong. I don't ever tell somebody they voted wrong. They obviously voted some way for some reasons. And unless you are interested to know what those reasons are, then you don't know why they voted the way they do. And just because you want to make assumptions about their reasons doesn't make you right. It's one of the things, I don't know, what, like, has this always been the case or is it, is it more pronounced nowadays? But this, this observation that I keep having where I see people, they construct fantasies in their minds and it becomes real to them. So I keep coming back to this, this lunacy that we all seem to be just swimming in right now. She goes on to say there is a whole lot of work that, on, uh, that has to be done on tolerance and seeking to understand and remembering who people are and not exiling them from our lives over a temporary election, an election that happens every four years. The president will never be as powerful as the love and hate we feel for each other down here in the real world. The president is in office. He'll do his time and move on. But what will be left for us? And there are a lot of people in modern America, unfortunately, uh, that have laid waste to their personal relationships over Trump and anti-Trump. There's an article in a Reuters piece. Again, all of these uh, stories and links, you can find them all at the Patreon page under the prep sheet. I update it every day and uh, it's, uh, put them all together in one post every week. Um, but Reuters had... Uh, had a, they, they did a series of interviews with like 10 people, five Trump supporters, five uh, Biden supporters, and uh, few could see the wrecked personal relationships caused by Trump's tenure fully, fully healing. And most believed these are destroyed 
forever. Um, Trump's election in 2016 divided families, tore up friendships, and turned neighbor against neighbor. One elderly couple, and by the way, I've done some rewriting on this, so this way you don't know who's who, which side is which side. But because to me, the stories in and of themselves are just sad. And it doesn't matter to me whether they're pro-Trump or pro-Biden. They're just sad. Um, Now, if you're sad about the state of your uh, current yard equipment, uh, then head on over to General Equipment Rental. They are your official Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. They also do equipment service and repair. And of course, as the name indicates, General Equipment Rental you can rent all sorts of equipment from them. They are in Weaverville. Uh, they're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road, family-owned and operated for three generations. Uh, if you're looking for tools for a specific project, uh, for example, um, maybe you need like one of those uh, nail guns to do hardwood flooring. Maybe you need uh, the saw. You're doing the flooring project, so you need the table saw, the chop saw. Maybe you need a tile cutter because you want to do a backsplash or something, and you don't want to go out and buy these tools. You don't need to. You just, you just need them for one project, right? So go to General Equipment Rental and get yourself the tools that you need to get the job done right. Whether you are a homeowner, you're a business owner, you're a contractor doing projects for other people, General Equipment Rental has got you covered. General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com is their website. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com. Think outside your toolbox. So some of these stories, and again, I find these to be just really sad, uh, that people have destroyed relationships over politics like this. Um, an elderly couple, age 77 and 81, separated after the 2016 election. Uh, two of their grandchildren no longer even speak to the mom. She's estranged from other relatives and friends. One woman's brother disowned her after 2016, and then he didn't even tell her when their mom died. Another woman said she looks at family and friends differently now. She doesn't believe the rifts will ever mend because each believes the other to have a totally alien value system. Another woman said she cut her dad out of her life for months. And while they do speak again now, they avoid politics. Uh, One man said it has caused tensions with his son and daughter-in-law. But he said he thinks it will get better after Trump is gone because Democrats hate him so much. He said, quote, the way he makes people feel, I do think the angst will decrease when we're back to a normal politician who doesn't hack people off. He's an optimist. I'm not sure I share in it, but that's optimism. And then there was this completely surprising to me as I read through it. Jacqueline Hammond, 47, a bartender in Asheville, North Carolina. She no longer speaks to her Trump supporting mother, Carol. Quote, I also discourage my son from talking to my mom about politics. I'm not letting her influence him politically. She said she would like to heal the relationship, but believes that'll be difficult even if Trump loses because, quote, Trump is like the catalyst of an earthquake that just divided two continents of thought. Once the earth divides like that, there's no going back. This is a marked time in our history where people had to jump from one side to the other. And depending on what side you choose, that is going to be the trajectory for the rest of your life, she said. Well, when you choose to view it like that, then I guess... Everyone who disagrees with you is dead to you. They're on the other side of the chasm. What an incredibly sad position to adopt. 
I have friends and family members who disagree with me on politics. And as long as you don't come after me personally, as long as you don't make personal attacks against me, I don't have any problem with opinions you hold. Now, if you're going to try to hurt people and take their stuff because of your political opinions, uh, then I am going to have a problem with that. And uh, hurting people includes, yes, sometimes calling them names. Now, if you're going to come at me with a personal attack, I'm going to engage with you how you engage with me. It's always been my motto. I try to live by it. On rare occasions, I try to be the bigger person, but normally I'm your huckleberry. And so if you want to engage in a policy discussion, you want to talk about the ideas and the philosophies, like I'm totally happy to engage in all of that. But if you're interested in just calling me names, well, I know some names that I can call you as well. And sometimes that has meant that, yeah, I have to kind of carve people out of my life as well. It is sad. I'm not saying this like I'm better than everybody else. There are people in my personal life that they, uh, they've they deleted comments of mine when I was engaging with them civilly because they were so anti-Trump that they couldn't bear to be corrected when their anti-Trumpism included erroneous information. It's one of the biggest issues I actually run into is people who have these opinions about Donald Trump and they're not based in any kind of fact, right? They just have an opinion that Donald Trump's a racist. Okay, like why? You know, Donald Trump did this. Okay, well, where's your citation of that? And Like, that's not a defense of Trump. That's just saying you are going to express this opinion and call him some pretty terrible things. You should, you know, have some facts. In fact, the most recent time I got uh, I got booted off of a real-life friend's Facebook was because he was attacking Brett Kavanaugh, calling him a rapist. Where did that allegation come from? And then he didn't have any information. I'm like, well, don't you think that you should ha- like have proof of that before you call somebody a rapist? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty bad thing to call somebody, don't you think? You know, his response was, well, you know, I, I, I think it's true. Oh, okay. So no innocence until proven guilty. You're just no no worries about that. You just want to believe something is true because of your politics and you don't want him on the court. So you're going to just say he's a rapist. All right. Well, that's an interesting standard. I hope we all don't play by that rule. And so then he deleted my posts. And then I said, really, you deleted my post? And then he deleted that one, too. (laughs) I left all of his so everybody in his echo chamber could see what he was saying, but nothing what I say. That's that's where we are. That's a wrap for the episode. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, You'll get cool stuff and exclusive content by becoming a patron as well at thepetecalendarshow.com. Talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.